Thank you for tuning into my podcast. The mission of The Authentic Networker is to inspire a new way of being with each other, inspiring each other, championing, collaborating with each other to inspire a successful journey. Each of us wants more than anything to be loved and to matter in our world. Success is a big part of that. So I seek to interview people that have something unique and extraordinary to say about the journey of success in the people business. Authentic networkers are curious connectors, authentically expanding their network. They listen to, are present, and honor the diverse values and experiences of others. If this philosophy resonates with you, I encourage you to study it and share it with your network. Let's dive into another epic interview and learn some of these stories. Hey, everybody. Richard Blissbrook here for another The Authentic Networker podcast. And today I have the lovely special co-host with me, Kimmy Merrill Brooks. Say hi, Kimmy. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. And I invited Kimmy to join me, partly because you can tell my voice is going away, but really because we're interviewing a couple that feels kind of like us today. And I thought, uh, what a joy if I could get Kimmy to join me because she has a relationship uh, with Crystal Hansen. And I have a, at least a mentor distant relationship with Mark Victor Hansen. And these are our special guests of today, Crystal Hansen and Mark Victor Hansen. Say hello from Scottsdale, Arizona. Hello from Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> we're excited to be with you, and I think it's more than a mentee. I think we're real friends, so it works better the weather way. Well, I have to tell you, Mark, I, I was, you know, studying your bio, which, you know, we have to do because we don't tend to study people's bios, right, unless we're going inter to interview them. And one of the things that struck me, I mean, it struck a chord in my heart, is you have been doing what you're doing, which is inspiring people and coaching people and giving people the distinctions of having creating an abundant extraordinary life for 44 years and mark that's how long i've been listening wow so 40, 44 years ago i worked in a chicken plant in california and i wasn't listening to anything or anybody and then i got in business through a you know set of circumstances and Fortunately, that business was all about personal development, and I have been listening to you, perhaps not all of those 44 years, but I'll bet for 40 of them, <laughs> and I want to thank you for um, your gift of wisdom and leadership and, and courage, and that you took the journey of learning, constantly learning and then just sharing that learning out to a community of people like myself that followed you because millions and I don't understate that I'm sure it is millions of people have created an extraordinary life because they listened to you and they watched you and I just want to thank you for that journey that you've been on. I thank you and it, it humbles me and it humbles us we've done these podcasts because there's no other way to sell books right now, and that's still our business books and audios and in the future, again, seminars. But uh, it has been astounding how many people like read the One Minute Millionaire. And one guy yesterday told us I made $20 million last year because of your book. I went, wow. I, I, did, I am thankful. I am blessed. We're, and we're cheering everyone on to be infinitely more successful than they've ever been. 
Yeah, well, you're doing a great job of it. And Kimmy and I are, uh, we have it, but I do most of my reading while I'm hiking. And so we're listening to, Crystal, your latest book with Mark, Ask, which is really an extraordinary story. It, it reminds me of the, uh, the greatest salesman in the world and, you know, some of these really powerful fables that teach the lessons of success. So, Crystal, tell us about this book, and then I'll tell people a little bit about you. But I want I want people to hear the story of how you wrote this and why you wrote this and what it's all about. Right. So, um, so Mark and I we're just so blessed to meet so many amazing people, Richard and Kimmy, and and you guys too. You know, we travel all over the world, and um, we started noticing that you know there's a big difference between super achievers. Well, there's not a big difference actually those who are super achievers and those who are just falling short. And we're like, what is this difference? I mean, these people are smart, talented, maybe even educated or not, but they have everything it takes. They have more talent than they'll use in four lifetimes. So what is it? And what it boiled down to for us is the ability to ask. You know, people who are really, really successful are always master askers. And then we determined that there are actually three channels through which you need to learn to ask. And those are ask yourself, ask others and ask God. And each of those channels is equally important. It was just so much fun for us to dive into it because we realized that throughout our lives, anytime we've had a setback or a crisis or some kind of adversity, the thing that got us out of it and got us unstuck was when we started asking the right questions. And so, uh, yeah, the book has been, it was so much fun for us to write. And we didn't know how that was going to go because we never co-authored a book. And um, it just went remarkably well. You know, Mark and I, we kind of brainstormed the structure of it. And, and then, of course, that develops as you go. But we each kind of took our own, you know, places of strength and sort of ran with it and then pulled it together. And then I'm kind of the final master editor. And uh, yeah, it just was really, really, really fun. And then I, I wrote the fable of Michaela because it was really funny. We, we said, let's start off. Fables are amazing. You know, we love fables because it's such a fast way to teach a principle. And not only is it a fast way, it's a powerful way. Because when you live through the story or of emotion of a fable, you get it. It's a metaphor for your life. It's a pattern. And so I started writing the fable of Michaela and it just sort of came to life. And uh, I just had so much fun doing it. And, I'm fortunate enough to be, um, I've been very blessed because I have these dreams that are very revealing to me. And so I'm not, I'm, I'm like, let's put the, the dreams into the Kayla story. You know, they're different, different contexts, different stuff, but, but it was really fun. And we felt like, you know, it's really every woman in every man's journey, the fable of Michaela, because Michaela starts off in the worst place, right? She's lost everything. She lost everyone she loved. Her parents died. And she literally works at a stone quarry and she's pretty much an indentured servant there. And so her day is about lifting heavy rocks and moving them to another place. And that's really the place I think that a lot of us find ourselves at different times in life. And, uh, you know, particularly right now, people have really gone through a lot of challenges with this whole pandemic thing. So anyhow, that, I'll let you talk. 
<laughs> well, I loved listening. We're still listening. But um, as I was hearing Michaela share her dreams, I kept thinking and wondering, like, I wonder if this is, if Crystal is, is does Michaela kind of represent Crystal a little bit in her life challenges? Um, you said that you guys actually wrote the book together, which to me is amazing like that's an amazing accomplishment uh Richard and I we work together but we kind of have our own lanes so I'm curious about that dynamic as a couple what is it like to actually dig in and work together and have two really strong minds come together do you have challenges or how did how have you figured out that dance I, I got two answers but I want to go back to what Richard said a second ago which was so correct is it when we wrote the proposal of the book to a publisher who took it immediately and said, I want you to do it, the two books we compared it to, Richard, are number one, Ogmandino and I are a very close friend, the guy who wrote The Greatest Salesman in the World. And anybody watching this, if you haven't read that, you got to read it. It's very it, maybe an hour or two hour read or listen to. And, and Og and I were, he did the, one of the first forwards to our chicken soup book. So Og and I were very close. I was at his house in Phoenix a bunch of times. Uh, he had the biggest Bible collection. The other one was, the Alchemist, which is the only book ever, one book, one book sold, I've sold 500 million books, but a lot of different books, 309. He sold 150 million books. And when we told that to our publisher, the publisher said, I, I think you've got a number error here. I said, no, 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 you go no. check. <laughs> Alchemist has been selling 25 years, sold 150. So those were the books we compared it to. Crystal, back to what Kenny said, really wrote this story with her. I'm going to do something I've never said before because you guys are such close friends. Wrote it with her soul. I think God talks to her and tells stories like Michaela. She wrote it in four pieces. I said, sweetie, I, I get goosebumps telling you. That. I said, and that for me, that's confirmation of truth back to the Chicken Soup series, which I created with Jack. Is it, is it sweetie, we got to push it together. And, and she was, back to your question of how do you get along, she said, don't you want it in four parts? Because the, the parts of the book, I said, no, no, I want it all together. And somebody said yesterday that read it, and he said, I went through boxes of Kleenex just reading this story because I could relate to it. That's what we said, every woman and every man's story. But Because Michaela is the story of every human being. And it said, wait a second, I, I get it. I, I now understand. But that's such the long parable. I'm submitting you guys to the world's longest prologue uh, to Guinness Book of Records. Now, I got three Guinness Book of Records, like having sold a half billion books and more 59 times New York Times number one. No one's done more than that, I don't think, or I'm told no one has. So, you know, she's going to get it, but she deserves all the credit for that. And I said, this is the like the most magnificent because it opens your soul and then you want to read the whole book. And we're asking everybody to back to us getting along is that we're asking you to read it with your spouse and go over every question with your spouse or your business partner or your downline, upline, success line, support line, whatever line it is, and have the unfoldment of your evolution because the subtitle is Dreams to Your Destiny. We're saying if you're live, you got a destiny, and I'll just finish with one more thing. As you know, in my One Minute Millionaire, we did the butterfly, which is our corporate symbol, and we're saying nobody can look at a caterpillar and see butterfly. But right now, 8 billion of us are on the planet are in a cocoon, and it's dark, and it's scary, and it's frightening, and that's our seven roadblocks to, to asking. But we're going to emerge, we think, into high-flying butterflies. And, and the metaphor there is the Depression 1898, three things came out of it, the automobile, the telephone, electricity, four things, and an airplane with the Wright brother. So we're going to have the greatest explosion of prosperity, I'm predicting, 
as soon as it's over. And, and but the way to get there is ask yourself, ask others, ask God. Yeah. With every adversity comes the seed of equal or greater benefit. But you've got to go find and nurture the seed, right? <laughs> you got to embrace the seed. So speaking of, it's 2020, and you know, this morning on my podcast, I was reflecting with people on 9/11 uh, be, because uh, you know that's an iconic uh, day in our uh, history and. Uh, Pearl Harbor is an iconic day in our history, and 2020 is not a day. It's not one of those, do you remember where you were? Um, but people are never going to forget this year. And I want to spin off what you just said, Mark, and I want to hear from you too, Crystal, on it. Because people are, well, they're scared, they're frustrated, they're um, mad, they're confused, they're polarized. Um, and right now, more than any time, and perhaps their lives, they need guidance. They need inspirational guidance. So assuming that just we're speaking now, don't speak to us, speak to them, because tens of thousands of people are going to watch this, and they're pretty much all going to be in the same boat to some degree. What do you say to people about how to guide them out of this? So, yes, I totally believe, and I know Kimmy and I totally believe, the next five to ten years, our world is going to explode with goodness and creation and abundance. And yet that doesn't happen by accident, right? The people that create those things do it intentionally, and they do it by design, and Speak to the people watching. What can they do to be part of that? What can they do to create that that their own tenfold growth out of this adversity in their life? Right. It's such a deep and profound question. I mean, you know, I think there's never been a time that has called on us to be our very best like this one before. And in fact, it's not just calling us to be our best. It's demanding that we be our best because there's so much writing on it. If we all, you know, uh, it's so tempting when we're super challenged like this to fall into our fear and collapse into our hopelessness. And, and that's really the easy thing to do, right? But what we're saying is we need to stop taking our cues from what's going on outside of us. Because as a transformational life coach, I teach people, while it appears that your life is happening out there somewhere and it's coming at you, and you're kind of ducking and dodging and trying to keep all the balls in the air. The reality is, and I know you both know this, that your life experience is created inside here. So the more you let that negativity in, you're creating the wrong template. You're actually creating the opposite template, the, the, the templates that's the opposite of what you want ultimately. I don't think any of us wants horror and negativity as a part of our lives. So we have to really make a deliberate effort to shut down that news that we are fed every second. Every second we have a notification, a ping, and this and that, and political drama. And now is the time, like Mark said, we're in the cocoon, but we need to spend time with ourselves in that cocoon. This is your opportunity. You have to spend time with yourself and, and go in and start asking yourself those questions because 
in the asking journey, it's ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. Well, it starts by asking yourself. And we say there are three critical phases to asking. The first phase is, where am I now? I mean, we all have this opportunity, like, where am I really now? Do, do I like my life? Am I happy with what's going on? Is this really, you know, the things I've been doing? Is that how I see my life going forward? You know, and the second phase, second critical phase is, where do I want to be? It's astounding to us how few people take that time to ask themselves that question, where do I want to be? Okay, in my ideal world, what, what's my, in my ideal scenario of success, what am I doing? How, who am I talking to every day? You know, what's important to me? What are my priorities? Okay, what does that look like? Because when we start to ask ourselves that question, where do I want to be? Then we start to create a literal architecture that we can start to fill in, you know? And then the third critical phase of that, asking yourself is, what specific actions do I need to take to create this scenario, to build this, build this life that I've, that I've just now deliberately designed? Yeah, beautiful. And Mark, if you were talking to me and I'm out there struggling, what would you say? You probably can't add to that, but if you were to add to it, what would you say? Oh, <laughs> you know, I've been a lifetime speaker, so it's the opposite problem is, you know, the only way I can say less is talk more, right? But that is the old joke. The, the truth is, is I define entrepreneur as somebody who finds a problem, fixes it at a vast profit. Now, the best example, we, we interviewed, we, we did all the research ourselves. We wrote everything that we did the research at Cambridge and Harvard and Stanford. And then we interviewed 26 superstars, one of whom is a guy you know is, is uh, Jim Stovall. He was going to be an NFL player. He's 19 years old. He finally gets recruited. The doctor comes back shaking his head and says, kid, this is the worst news I've ever given another human being. You're going to be totally, absolutely, and forever blind in six months. I mean, the kid was crushed. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's locked in himself in a little nine by 12 room. He's got a radio, a telephone, and a television. His parents hear him complaining. It's a little bit of a blind meeting, Jimmy. Maybe they can help you. He sits next to a woman who's blind and a court stenographer, Kathy. And he said, in the old days, I used to love to watch somebody and see somebody throw a right hook, but being blind like we are, I can't see that. Now, the question she asked was profound because it's everybody's question. She said, wait a second, wait a second. We're somebody, we can fix that for a profit. Well, long story, she asked, said, how would you do it if you could do it? Said, well, we would create narrative TV. Well, they created Narrative TV. It's the third biggest streaming service in the world. Those of us that are sighted don't know it exists. They have 14 million people every month paying $10 a month. So it's ah, I love that. So you took back to your thing from Napoleon Hill, every adversity has a seed of equivalent or greater benefit, but you gotta look for it and then you gotta, you know, opportunity comes with a pair of pants called work pants. Right. right? Yeah. And, and you gotta get worry less about your IQ and more about your I can. The 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 point I'm making here is that uh, I get a letter, you know, and, and somebody, I'm selling 15 million books a year. And Charlie Trendis Jones, who you knew, said, you got to endorse this book. It's the best book you'll ever read. And I go, oh, man, I don't have time to read a book. And I started reading The Ultimate Gift by Jim Stobel, who's blind. And he said, "You might, I might be blind, but I can really see. He, anyhow, long story short, we interview him for the book. The guy has pure wisdom pouring out of him, just pure wisdom. And he says, look you told me to make the book into a movie. And he said, if I live a hundred years, I'll thank you every day of my prayers because 
I now write books that I can't read. Yeah. $100 million in the movie. It says, I now make movies that I can't see, thanks to your encouragement. So wow. when, when you're out there and you're at the end of your route, tie a knot and hang on for a little bit, and, and we're saying, look, all of us are in this cocoon, but we all got to figure out a new, like Chris has said, a new pivot, a new reinvent. And, and there's going to be more jobs. And some of you listening are going to say, hey, wait a second, I can really do this. I can change myself, transform myself, and get out of this cocoon and get everybody else out at the same time. Yeah. I'm curious for the two of you. So as far as a ritual uh, daily, do you sit in the morning and ask these three questions? Is it a constant? Can you share a little bit more about your own personal experience with asking questions? Sure, Kimmy. Actually, we do every single morning. It is our most important thing. And it really bugs us if we have a morning that takes off so early and never has a break and we don't get the time to do that, right? So we make it a point to take that time. We'll go back when we have a slot and do it. And we take like an hour of meditation, prayer, you know, gratitude, you know, being thankful for everything you do have, because that's important. You have to, to become a magnet for what you want, for more good things. You first have to acknowledge all the good things you already have, because if you fail to do that, you won't be a magnet for it. You could get, you know, a million more great things and you'd still not even recognize any of them. So that gratitude piece is, is so important. It's a recognition of all that you have, making you a better magnet for all that you desire more to expand and evolve. And so we spend that hour in, in meditation and prayer and then asking each other these things, making sure we're on track. You know, there's nothing, nothing in the universe that has the ability to reveal what is hidden like asking does. When you ask those questions, those answers will come to you in some form or fashion. Suddenly you'll get, you'll be asking the questions. You'll, you'll get a solution. You'll ask another question. You'll get an illumination. You go, Oh, that's what it is. You know, keep asking more questions. Suddenly a plan starts to form. But if you never ask, none of that will happen. If I, can yeah, I have the uh, opportunity in a few weeks to introduce a gentleman. I'm going to send the both of you, uh, a video he did, uh, which is called The Next Right Answer. Your, uh, his name is DeWitt Jones. He's a National Geographic photographer. You're going to love his video around this. It's, it's such an adjunct to the, what the two of you do. What a beautiful practice. I know Kimmy's now. I know, I know our heads. <laughs> she said tomorrow morning she's going to go, honey. Yeah, we need to spend an hour together every morning, honey, before you go get your coffee and get on email. I'm yeah. gonna have to start sneaking out even earlier. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get up at four o'clock in the morning and sneak out. <laughs> I'm backing her up on that. You so, go, girl. <laughs> so, so what happened is Crystal and I are falling in love, and we're in Costa Mesa eating at, at Mother's restaurant and did a lot of food. And there's a, a senior pastor next to us, a man of the collar and cloth, and you know, we're just with each other. But he leans in and says, "Can I talk to you two? You know, okay. He says. Uh, would you be interested in knowing what keeps a marriage together? There's only one thing, right? And, you know, everybody had seen one thing, right? Yeah. Billy Crystal. So, you know, he, obviously he's opened up the conversation. He's like 90 years old. I mean, he was senior, senior. He says, well, look, I've been head of Billy Graham ministry now for 78 years. So he says, what I want to tell you is that one thing we discovered, Billy and I, and I said, I met Dr. Graham a couple of times. I really loved him. He said, you, if you'll pray together out loud morning and night, your marriage will stay glued. And I went, 
whoa. And Crystal and I both prayed in church, prayed in groups, prayed after 911. I, I, you know, I, we're members of big churches. Obviously, if I wasn't a speaker, I would have been a mega church member. So, you know, I've led, I led after 911, the biggest church in, in California, you know, in prayer and got everyone to say, put white light on everyone, all that stuff, but in, in the world, so we wouldn't go to war. And it, it's amazing, though, that when we pray together, we do it. And then back to Amy's question, is it, is it what happens is it, it centers you, it grounds you, it puts because we believe spirit runs the mind, which runs the body, which runs your results. Now, some people listening may not buy into that their spiritual theology, but that's what we believe. And then, you know, I'm asking you to look in the mirror and say, hey, wait a second. If that makes sense, then go to God first. Makes sense. We got a new practice coming our way. <laughs> yeah. it's, it is really powerful. And what, what it really is, you guys, is it's a whole new level of intimacy when you are spiritually intimate, when you share that your prayers out loud. It's it just, just really remarkable. I really hadn't done it. I'm like, can I do that? Like, pray out loud with my husband? Like, my, so, you know, we were just getting, I think we were just about to get married. I'm like, it just felt different. I'd never done that. I was married before. We didn't pray out loud together. We just said our own prayers and, you know, prayed at church. But there was something really beautiful about that when you, it, it's spiritual intimacy together. I've never done this before, but because you're asking and you're going to have it as a new practice, let me tell you what really happens. This morning we did it, of course. We did our hour together, but <clears throat> she is so profound. She is eclectically wise. I mean, she's gorgeous, and we've got two gorgeous ladies here, but she is so good. She hits brilliance. I said, no, 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 no. Let me just go to the phone. We got to tape record what you're saying. This is way too good. We can't afford to lose it. She says, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'll type it up. I, I'll be the transcriber so here. I don't mind, but you can't let that go because that's <laughs> profound. And she Mark's says, oh, going to turn it into a product. Said, no, what, what Mark's going to turn it into a product. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just, love that. It's so sweet. All right. Well, I have another deep question for you, for each sure. of you. And then I'm going to end on a high. Yes. Um, but again, I'm speaking on behalf of the people out there that are watching and listening that don't enjoy the lives that we enjoy. And that's really who this podcast is for, is people that are at their lowest low. They might feel hopeless, they're frustrated, they're angry, they're, they don't know which way to turn. And, um, you know, most don't grab advice like this and do anything with it. But Kimmy did, and I did, and both of you did, and so they can. And so here's my question <clears throat> for both of you. What is the lowest you have been in your life? What is the most hopeless, the most frustrated, the most angry? And describe it for us a little bit. And then tell us how you created your way out of it. Such a good question. Um, I know when my lowest, I mean, I've had, you know, a number of low points, like every human being, like all of us do. But I think my lowest point was when I was quite young. I was um, one of those kids who found high school to be very easy. So I accelerated my curriculum, graduated at age 16 and married a guy who was five years older than I. And right, not a great life plan. So <laughs> my parents were like, 
horrified, but somehow I convinced them to sign off on the marriage. I had to have that my parents sign that I could get married. It was crazy. So, but they were getting a divorce and I, I thought I was smarter than I was. And I'm like, I'm going to show them how to have a happy life and marry my boyfriend. Um, so two and a half years later, I'm alone in a new city, baby on my hip, no family, no friends. Yeah. Divorced. Of course it didn't last. And uh, no idea how I'm going to support myself. And uh, so I applied for food stamps. I was getting eviction notices every month from this little $325 apartment that I had rented for myself and my little boy. And um, I remember going to the grocery store, the line at the grocery store, ready to exchange my groceries for food stamps. And all of a sudden, I, it was a moment I'll never forget. Because it was like I had this epiphany and like a, a spotlight suddenly was shining on my head. And this question dropped into my mind. It was like, how did you get here? And followed by a second question, are you doing everything you can to get out of this or are you taking the easy way out? And I knew instantly, honestly, the answer, I was taking the easy way out. I knew it. I knew I wasn't tapping into whatever I could do. I knew there was more. And so... In that second, in that nanosecond, I had a pivot that was so profound. When I was turning over those food stamps, I did it with so much conviction. I'm like, the, the cashier probably thought I looked a little fierce when I'm like, here you go. Because <laughs> I'm saying to myself, this will not be my future. And I went home and I, I think I, I didn't even finish the food stamps. So I started asking myself more questions. You know, I, I didn't have any answers, but I had a lot of questions. We always have questions even when we don't have answers. So start asking them. So I'm asking myself, how can I make money tomorrow? And I'd been on the radio, I'd been hearing about these temporary service agencies, you know, like Kelly services. So, so I called them, how do I apply? I did it, filled out the paperwork. They start feeding you jobs. You can say yes or no. And um, then I realized I started doing these jobs and it was kind of fun. And I realized there were two other temp service agencies. So I registered for all of them. I'm like, I think there's no rule that you don't, you can't be registered for all of them. So I'm just going to do it. Then I have a better choice of jobs. So I started doing, you know, filling in an attorney's offices, working at conventions and sales, setting up booths and malls, all these random things. But I started learning a lot about myself and I realized that I really like business and I like sales and I love people. I love working with people. So then I put myself, made enough money, put myself through real estate school and in the meantime, someone had approached me and said, you should do some modeling. So I'm like, okay, what do I have to lose? I went and asked the uh, biggest modeling agency in our, in our town if, if they would sign me. And luckily they said yes. And um, I ended up doing some television commercials, which went national. So then I started getting these residuals. So literally a year and a half, a little more than a year and a half from the time that I was turning those food stamps over, getting my eviction notices every month, crying myself to sleep every night. I was working for the top home builder in our valley, and I, I uh, became the number one salesperson for our company, and I was getting these great um, royalties, which allowed me to book enough income so I had to join the union, Screen Actors Guild, so I had this, these amazing benefits, insurance benefits for myself and my son. So talk about a pivot, and I mean, I often thought back to that time because it's been a great lesson for me in my life. Like, I had every reason just to collapse into my fear and my victimization. I was young. I was a mother, no help, no family. But, you know, I'm so thankful that I, that I didn't. And I'm so thankful that, that I asked that question, those questions, the hard questions. But even more importantly, I think for all of us, 
we need to answer the questions honestly, answer them honestly to ourselves because those honest answers will get us going again. You know, that's when you start to realize and recognize there's so much more inside of you. Crystal, what was that question again, the food stamps question, the easy way out, or what was the first are you doing? Are you doing everything you can to get out of this, or are you taking the easy way out? And in that moment, I swear, it was like, there was a light shining on me, like I've been revealed. I, I felt this really, this epiphany, like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing everything I can. I'm taking the easy way out. Wow. That's... Um... That's what you call an epiphany question. It is. It really is. That answer from Crystal was extraordinary. Mark, I have the same question for you. What was the lowest point in your life? And you may not have had one because I know you were like number one in the world selling cookies when you were nine years old or something, right? <laughs> so you may not have ever had a low point, but I have a sneaking suspicion you have. What's the, lowest, what's the lowest of the low, and how did you create your way out of it? Thank you for the question. And, and all of us have pulsations in life. Uh, the forward to one of my books done by Dr. Joe Murphy was, everyone gets to go through the vicissitudes. And I'd never heard the word. I had to go look it up. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, my uh, big vicissitude was 1974. I'd been in graduate school with Bucky Fuller, who invented geodesic domes and great inventions and genius. And I thought I should be him. And I'm in New York, and I built the Wall Street Record Club, Botanical Garden, Xavier's house. Bad news. They're all out of plastic, PVC, polyvinyl chloride, at the wrong time in history. Because the Arabs said, we can write checks like bigger banks amounts. And at the time, none of us could get gas. And I know some listeners are not going to believe the next thing. But I used to go get gas. After the bankruptcy courts took everything, I'd buy gas. And the guy would say, we had service guys. I know some people are going to go, what the hell is that? But somebody came and poured gas. And it was only 25 cents a gallon in 1974. And the guy said, fill it up. And I say, I'll take a, I'll take a gallon. Thank you. <laughs> I went, I asked the wrong question. That's why we wrote ask. Because if you ask the wrong questions, you get the wrong result. The size of your question determines the size of your result is my cliche. But I, I checked a book out of the library. I said, oh, well, if I go bankrupt, I checked a book out of the library. How to go bankrupt by yourself. <laughs> I did. So. For six months, I'm sleeping in front of another guy's room because I've got any money in a sleeping bag, and it's the most atrocious thing ever. And then all of a sudden, it sort of dawned on me, what do I really want to do in my heart of heart? Crystal's first question you asked, you know, what is it? What is my superpower? What is it I want to do? And I wanted to talk to people that care about things that matter that would make a life-changing difference. And I'm doing it and making a little bit of money, and I learned how to do it. But then I asked, Everybody said, well, wait a second, you're such a storyteller. Do you have that story in the book? I need to bring it to my wife or my brother or my company. And the first book I wrote was not this one, this ass, but it was Stand Up, Speak Out, and Win. And, and they cost us a dollar each to print. And I sold 20,000 copies in one year from the platform. I tripled my income. 20,000 copies times $10, that's $200,000. So I went from 70 to about $210,000. I thought, I've died and gone to heaven. I am really good. And I said, this isn't a New York Times bestseller. It's not an international bestseller, not even a national bestseller, but it's my bestseller. And it'd be my pleasure if you got, if you two come up here afterwards, if I can autograph to you and your kids and your dog, whoever you want me to sign it to, I'll sign it to. And I was having a time of my life. And, you know, so I got going in speaking, got going in writing, but, you know, I wrote my way out of my problem and, and the economy was atrocious. People were losing their jobs, but I, 
the, what we're doing then and we're doing now, our legacy is going to be how many people did we help transform from lack to lots, from shortage to abundance, because abundance always exists. But like Crystal says, it's inside out, not outside in. And you've got to impress it before you can express it. Yeah. Well, beautiful stories. And both of those have so much opportunity for granular detail. Like both of those stories is a book. <laughs> really? Right there. There's so much more to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a book called Speed Write Your Autobiography because I think everyone needs to write one of those too. Yes. I noticed that you guys also have an extreme interest in the environment and leaving a legacy that way as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? When, yeah, when we sold chicken soup and I made a lot of money, I said, well, you know, I, I want Bucky gave me a lot to do and I wrote a hundred year plan. And one was to, to have natural, green, sustainable energy, even though I'm totally conservative. Found this guy in Hawaii uh, named John Petrie, the world's greatest surrealist artist, the top artist sold at Wyland Galleries. Both guys are great friends. I meet Petrie and he shows me his 250 inventions. And I went, oh my God, I, I'll write the first million dollar check. We got to get this done. Well, Fast forward for 12 years, we've earned absolutely nothing and we put in millions of dollars. So it has been very, very painful. And we've been trying to work with the biggest companies in the world like Caterpillar and that. Now suddenly we have somebody coming to us because of the horrific problems we're having in the environment, fires and lack of water and all that. And they're coming to us with the biggest order ever. The first order is like 1,800 units of a pop-up windmill that goes 360 degrees and it's urban wind. It's wow. not the big windmills, which are great. By the way, the big windmills like in Palm Springs are wonderful, wonderful. But ours is a, is a home unit or a city block unit or in-between solar system unit. And they're just, the first order is like $720 million if it comes through. And like they've signed a PO. So it just happened a couple of days ago. So you've asked an interesting question. If that happens, just if everybody, please, I'd ask you to go look at what John Petrie has invented. Genius guy. It's naturalpowerconcepts.com. We're the biggest owners of the company because we, we believe that we've got to have pulsating waves. So we have, you know, free energy coming out of the ocean. The ocean is never going to stop pulsating. Petri, who's a special ops guy, a champion surfer, used to do hard hat diving. Now, he and I have done regular diving with Aqualungs with Wyland. But the, the fact of the matter is he said waves don't go up and down like everybody, like a, a piston. They go seven different directions. He figured out how... We can have energy, we can have water, we can have food, we can have abundance, we can have the water shoot in 720 PS, pretty heavy duty stuff. But we ought to have enough water. The reason the fires are burning the hell out of California right now, 16 fires have burned two and a half million acres and 44,000 homes ruined because they don't have enough water. Well, I've been trying to give them enough water for 10 years. We've got the solutions. And what I want to do is help everybody get the solutions. And if they watch it, they'll go, Hey, wait a second. We can have a bigger, brighter, better tomorrow. And some people are going to want to help NPC get to where it can go. So everybody's got fundamental abundance because technology is one of the crucial things to create absolute abundance. Yeah, I looked at some of those devices. They're really, uh, really ingenious. And Kimmy knows um, Petrie's daughter. She uh, grew up there. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Cool. Yep, small world and how amazing the contribution you guys are making on that front. So congratulations and thank you because thank the you. environment is what we got to live on, right? That's yeah. right. No, we need to be tending to the environment. And 
just, you know, governments need to step up a, a lot more. I mean, in California, what they're saying is there's such neglect of the forests. They should have been, you know, uh, selectively deforesting and cleaning that scrap wood. You can't just, you know, they, all this money goes to all these other things, but we're like, they've never allocated in California the proper amount of maintenance for the, for the forest. And yeah. so now it's just a torch because if you don't clean it properly, it, it's a, it's a bomb waiting to happen. So there's, there's a lot to it. We need to be a lot more conscientious in so many ways about the environment. It wasn't designed to put forest fires out and it wasn't designed to have communities built in the forest. So we have to do something different if we're going to live in the forest, right? We have to ask questions. <laughs> right. Exactly, Kimmy. Let's ask. Is it working? Does it work to have our, have our houses get scorched every year? Are we going to remember that the Santa Ana winds come through every year and that California gets really hot and dry? So yeah. maybe we need to build somewhere else, not maybe in the We need to ask different questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue to my last question. <clears throat> and, you know, there's so many things I wanted to say and ask about both of you. Like, Crystal, I wanted, I, I wanted to ask about... Uh, you know, your, um, I can't even, I forgot the name of it, but, well, the skinny me, but, um, but yes, uh, Crystal Vision Life and, and your, your health company and, and Mark, there's so many things you're doing. I want to make sure that people know there's too many things that you're doing to talk about. So let's talk about what are you doing now and for the next five, six, seven years, that you're most excited about, that people that are watching this could get caught up in, could participate in, could benefit from, could learn from, could transform from. What is, I know you guys aren't slowing down. I know probably your biggest and best work is in front of you. Right. What is it? So, so first of all, I wrote a book with Art Linkletter, and some of the people will remember him. We said, never retire. Just put on new tires and go in a better, bigger, stronger, more opportune direction. I, I, to make it easy, uh, first of all, with Ask, we say, after you get the book on Amazon or wherever you want to get it, go to askthebookclub.com. We're going to have free classes on how to become a master asker and fulfill your destiny. Because everyone, if you're alive, you have a destiny, no matter how despondent, disconsolate, depressed you feel. And if you really are well off, buy 10 books and give it to people that are depressed, despondent, disconsolate, upset, and suicidal, because books will get you out of it. So then at the bigger level, my website is markvictorhanson.com. If they go there, we'll give them a free book, How to Be Up and Down Times, but it, well, all the videos are there and on YouTube and that. Watch somebody positive, whether it's the two of you or the two of us, get going on this. And, and you've seen we've given attribution to other people that have sourced and served us. There's a lot of stuff in this thing, but most people, only 3% of people ever get into self-help action, self-determination. And, and once you decide that you're not going to be an economic slave and have a job, which I say is an acronym just overbroke, and really get an MBA, a millionaire's bank account. And today, a millionaire is just a start. you got to have $10 million to be free, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I write, I've written seven books on how to do that. With that, I give it to Crystal because she's got some great stuff on her website and what she's doing. Yeah, I mean, we're just, like Mark said, we're, I feel like we're always just getting started. You know, there's so much on, in the future. We want, we're going to be doing some programs on 
the book because we really want to help people master this asking journey. And there's, we, we really need to go so much deeper. So we'll be offering some programs. We're putting those together now. Um, skinny life. I'm sort of reinventing skinny life because, um, I'm not going to say who we're talking to, but we're talking to some, some companies about some ways to like, cause it's such a, I love the concept, you know, the real skinny on fit, slim and healthy. Um, I'm all about, we're all about, you know, loving yourself to your perfect health. And that's really what skinny life is about. Um, so we're bringing that forward and just so many other things. I mean, Mark's always passionate about creating authors. He's got a new book course coming out, which is really going to be fun. Um, yeah. So gosh, the sky's the limit. You know, we just want to help people. We're excited to get out again. I mean, even though it's been wonderful to be on zoom and it, thank God for zoom, right. So we can connect because we're so used to connecting with people and people need each other. You know, that's why we say, you know, ask yourself, ask others and ask God, we need to be one another's greatest resource. And we need to stop being afraid to ask. And that's why we talk about the seven roadblocks to asking in the book. Time to get rid of those guys because we need to be a resource to each other. Tell um, me your website. So my website is Crystal Dwight, or sorry, crystalvisionlife.com. <laughs> crystalvisionlife.com. And uh, there is a, a free audio there called Purge Messy Thinking, which a lot of people can use right now. It's a guided visualization audio. And then, of course, Crystal Dwyer Hansen, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above. Um, please reach out because I love connecting with people. And, and then Mark is, of course, Mark Victor Hansen on all of the above social media. So, yeah, we look forward to uh, connecting and, and talking with everybody and continuing to go forward. And hopefully we'll see people live soon. You know, yes, for sure. Hopefully we'll see you guys here on our island sometime soon. We love to do a seminar on your island with you because it looks like you do great seminars. So we love Hawaii when it's open again. When we don't have to quarantine for 14 days. Yes, yes, yes. All right, gang, here's where I want to send you. Askthebookclub.com, markvictorhanson.com, crystaldyerhanson.com, and we'll post this in all the comments so people don't have to remember this. And you heard Crystal. They want to hear from you, folks, so reach out to them and study their audios and study their videos. And like Mark said, it's crazy but 100% of us could start to engage in the good, beautiful, powerful thoughts and feelings that can allow us to create a new future. 100% of us can create that, and only 3% of us do. And so from this couple and that couple to all of you out there, if you're not part of that 3% now, make a decision to maybe ask the question. If you don't do something different, what's it going to look like for you four or five years from now? And if you do something different, maybe some magnificent things can happen for you. In fact, from Crystal and Mark and Kimmy and myself, we can promise you beautiful things can happen for you when you ask the right questions. Thank you both for being here. Your time is really valuable and you're so generous. You're so fun. And um, Kimmy and I are looking forward to seeing you in Hawaii. We are looking forward we'll be to there, guys. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank you for tuning into the Authentic Networker podcast. There are over 100 episodes to study, including another 100 blog articles at richardbrook.com.